My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. Your word is true. Your word can change. Your word can be believed. As we allow the word and the spirit of God to speak to our hearts this morning, we thank you that the power of the incorruptible seed is going to change our lives. It's going to produce understanding. It's going to clear the way to know which way to go. It's going to encourage us. It's even going to convict us in areas that we need. Most of all, we open our hearts to receive it. And as I have decreased, I thank you for that anointing to increase, to feed your people your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. It's good to be here this morning. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm so glad you came to church this morning. Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, God is getting ready to talk to just you. Amen. See, when you come to church with an expectation of God speaking to you, he's going to say something to you. Amen. Many times in life, there are decisions to make. Directions to understand, desires to fulfill, and even when to know not to do anything. I believe there are some people here today, as well as those who will hear this message on CD, who need to understand the direction for their life right now. This includes understanding what season they are in in their life, as well as needing to know what decisions they need to make. So today's message title is Understanding the Seasons for Your Life. Understanding the Seasons for Your Life. And if you would, and you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That is right after the book of Proverbs. Just find the Proverbs and just move forward and you should find the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Understanding the Seasons for Your Life. Say this with me. Say, Understanding the Seasons... Of my life. Amen. Everything in life, including every decision, every blessing, every desire that we have, it has a season connected to it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Very powerful verse. This is what it says. It says, to everything there is a what? To everything there is a season. That means whatever you have going on in your life, there is a season connected to it. And when you learn what season you're in and what to do, your life is going to inevitably go up. Say amen to that. Now, the word season there, if you want to take notes, it means a set time. It means an appointed time. It means an appointed occasion. In other words, the word season means like an appointment. You know how when you go to the dentist, they give you an appointment? 
How many have ever gone to the dentist or the doctor and you showed up and it wasn't your day to show up? Anybody done that before? You didn't pay attention to your appointment. And so everything in your life has a season connected to it. And what's powerful about that, that season has a time. And if you miss the time in the season, you can mess your season up. And everything in your life has a time, an appointment, and an occasion connected to it. Now listen what else it says. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. He goes through all those because what he wants us to see, there's a set time and season and appointment for everything. So if we had a 2009 Bible, it would probably say there's a time to start a business. There's a time to change jobs. There's a time to have a baby. There's a time to get promoted. There's a time to purchase a home. There's a time to go back to school. There's even a time for you to get married. But if you get married before your time, your marriage ain't going to be good. Now, singles, y'all, I don't know what's going on in y'all's life. But y'all... Y'all are bothering me. In a good way, though. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Uh, because some of you all are trying to rush your season. Now, this came to me while I was uh, teaching the faith seminar yesterday. I just couldn't say it. I can say it right now. Because I got more of y'all in here. And some of you all, as I go through the lesson, when you start feeling a struggle, when I'm talking this morning, if you start feeling a struggle... That means your will is fighting the word. Okay? So when you feel it, you start feeling you know, When you start feeling like that, just know that you are wrestling right there with the word. Okay? All right. Now, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Look at verse 11. Because everything that God does in his timing always works out. Ecclesiastes 3, now look in verse 11. He has made everything beautiful... In my time. In whose time? In his time. When you go by the seasons of God, things will work out in your life. And that's why it says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And most people are scared to really acknowledge God because they don't believe he's going to direct their path in a way that's going to make them happy. And that's the trick of the devil. He wants you to believe that God don't want the best for you. You know, he got some of you all that's single thinking that God don't want you married just because you're not married yet. But maybe it's because it's not your season. And what's sad is if you create or force a season, you have to now live in that season outside of the grace that you would have had had you waited on God. And you know what's really sad because we are in a real independent society right now. You know, the Bible says, he that finds a wife, finds a what? It didn't say she that finds a husband. Uh Uh-oh. I just stepped in some spiritual poop right there. It didn't say 
She that finds a husband, why don't you just go about doing the business of God and that man will find you. But you got your binoculars on, hitting up every website, singles here. What's the one, the Christian one, what's that one? Come on, tell me, I know you know it. E-harmony. I am single and need a man. Do you know somebody? Dot com. I'm 43 years old. Dot org. Come on, calm. Touch your neighbor, touch them and say, just calm down. Now, let me explain something to you. You know, I, I'm still kind of tired. That's why I got my Red Bull down here. So I don't know what I'm going to say to y'all this morning. I might be, am I walking in my sleep? Am I still asleep? I'm up here, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Everything that God does in his timing works. And any blessing, decision, or direction that we go that is in season will always be a blessing. But any blessing, decision, or direction out of season will become a burden to us. Go to Proverbs chapter 10 very quickly. Proverbs chapter 10. And as I'm sharing, I want you to think about areas in your life that, that uh, need direction. Proverbs chapter 10. Here's the point I want to make again. Any blessing, decision, or direction that we go in, in a season, or in season, will always be a blessing. But any blessing, decision, or direction out of season will become a burden. Proverbs 10.22, watch what it says. It says, the blessing of who? The Lord. So there is a blessing that comes from God. That's the blessing I want. Now, it's okay to bless yourself, but see, blessing yourself becomes expensive. Some of y'all buying stuff that people ought to be giving you. But since you couldn't wait on the blessings of the Lord and you decided to bless yourself, that's why now, watch the next part of that verse. The blessings of the Lord, it makes you rich. And guess what? It adds no sorrow with it. Now watch this. Let's reverse that scripture. The blessing that didn't come from the Lord, it makes you broke, and it adds a lot of sorrow in your life. You ever bought something, and then after you bought it, you wish you wouldn't have done it? That's what it's like to have when you bless yourself. Now, the word rich there means to grow, to accumulate, to become rich and wealthy. And the word sorrow means pain, hurt, labor, and hardship. And maybe today you're going through some hardship, and maybe it wasn't created on your own. But there are some people here that maybe you created your own hardship by blessing yourself. Well, I'm going to show you this morning how to change your season. And how to, how to respond in the one that you're in, even if you messed it up. Has anybody in here messed up your season before? Just did it, just did it, and you said, man, I wish I could go back. Well, you can't go back, but you can't go forward. Now, go to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. We must understand the season of life we are in so that we know how to respond to the situations. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. We must understand the season of life that we are in so we will know how to respond. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. This is a great scripture to really stand on. Watch this now. 
Look in verse 32. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right, here we go. It says, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. In other words, there's a season of time and God wants you to know what to do in that season. Because if you don't know what to do in your season, you can flunk in your season. And can I tell you a secret, secret about God? God don't skip grades. You want to know why you've been going over the same thing, the same trial, the same temptation over and over? Because you're flunking. Now see, he's not like DISD teachers and just, just gone and pass you. Okay. That wasn't right. But that's true. Okay, that wasn't right. I ain't just saying D-I-S-D, just period. You know, when I was growing up, they get tired of you, they just pass you. Here it is, you in the sixth grade, can't you write your name. Son, who passed you? You know, and then they, you give them enough, you know, H-E double hockey sticks and they just pass you on. Well, God don't do that. God loves us too much to let us flunk and then pass us on anyway. Because let me tell you a secret. Once you get to the place God wants you to be, Your character needs to be able to keep you up there. And the last thing God needs is everybody embarrassing him. Have your kids ever done something to embarrass you? And you just want to knock them upside the head. We were sitting, you know, we had company the other day. Uh, We have family here. I'm going to introduce them when I get done. And and heaven, we at the table and heaven just, (coughs) excuse me. I was like, heaven. I say, excuse me. But that's not the point. You don't just burp out loud like that. And that's what some of us are like that to God. God be like, that ain't my kid. <laughs> that's baby kids. That ain't my kid. <laughs> Go to Luke chapter 2. Go to Luke chapter 2. One of the biggest problems that causes believers to make poor choices in wrong seasons is immaturity. Go to Luke. Go to Luke chapter 2. Now, I just, I, I just, the Lord wanted me to share this this morning. I'm not sure why, but I want you to take this, this lesson this morning as a huge counseling session. I can't talk to everybody at one time, nor in one week, but I can talk to y'all today. So I'm counseling y'all this morning. Because some of you all are in the process of making decisions, and some of the decisions that some of you all are making are going to create a bad season for you. There are people out there right now who are contemplating bankruptcy, but you haven't looked at any other options. That may be a bad choice for you. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, is he talking to you? And look at him again and say, I'm not sure. Luke chapter 2, look in verse 40. Now watch this. One of the biggest problems that causes believers to make poor choices in wrong seasons is immaturity. Now watch this. This is Luke chapter 2. Now, let me explain something to you. Immaturity is not necessarily sin. You know, when kids, they go down the street and they didn't say, Mommy, hey, I'm going next door to Joe's to play with Joe. That's immaturity. If they were mature, they'd say, Mommy, I'm going over to play instead of just going in and then you have to figure out where they are. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not necessarily sin. Look, the, and, and this, this happened in the life of Jesus. Watch this in verse 40. 
It says, and the child grew and he waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. This is just like in 2009, you go to Trader's Village every year. You know, you got your whole family. Hey, we're going to meet up at Trader's Village. You know, they got some things going on up there. And so you, you, take, you, you take them up there. And when they had, verse 43, fulfilled the days, they returned. And the child Jesus stayed in Trader's Village. And Joseph and his mother didn't know it. But they thought or supposed him to be having company or been in the company with his family. They went a whole day journey and they looked among their kinsfolk. And guess what happened? Verse 45, they couldn't find him. So they turned back again to Jerusalem. Now, I can tell you this right now. If my parents were Jesus' parents, he'd have got a whooping. <laughs> now, I don't know if he got a whooping or not. It don't say it. But I can just say this. How many would have whooped their kid had he stayed behind like that? Okay. All right. All right. Let's see what happened. Verse 46. And it came to pass after three days, the man, the little boy, was Jesus, the 12, he's 12 years old right here. He's 12. Gone three days. Mm, that is a three-day whooping. That's the one they're going to be talking to you while they whooping to you. Didn't I tell you why were you in the Jerusalem for three days? Don't answer because the whooping lasts longer. I don't know. I know you don't know. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> How many got whoopings like that growing up? Just talking to you. I just learned to just take it. <laughs> Watch this. And it came to pass after three days they found him in the temple, in church. Can't whip him in church, can you? Man, my grandmother, she used to pinch you in church, though. Ooh, and twist that pinch like that. I was playing Ancient Wings and Spidey one day in church. Man, she pinched me so hard. And you can't cry out loud. You got to hold that thing. Shut up. He's crying for the Lord. No, he ain't. He got pinched. <laughs> Let's see. Where am I? Where am I at? He was in the temple talking to the doctors, hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and at his answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said, son, why have you done or dealt with us like this? Behold, his, he said, your father and I have been looking for you with sorrow. Verse 49. And he said unto them, don't you know? Why did you sought me? Do you not know I must be about my father's business? Now, that's immaturity. Let me tell you why. You think he was ready to die on the cross right then and there? No. In fact, he didn't die on the cross till 33. That's when he was ready. A 12-year-old could not have gone through the pain that Jesus went through when he was 33. So it wasn't time for Jesus to die yet. And so what happens now, of course, and let me tell you why. Because guess what happened? If that was okay with what he was doing, they'd have left him there. But look now in verse 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was subject unto them. And see, immaturity will cause you to not be subject to authority. And the authority I'm talking about is the word. And so immaturity to obey the word and obey instructions will cause you to make poor decisions in a wrong season. 
Jesus was too young at that point in his life to complete the full assignment of God. Now, go over to 2 Kings. Go to 2 Kings. That's in the Old Testament. We're doing good this morning. 2 Kings. Because just because opportunity knocks does not mean the opportunity is for you or that it is the right time for that opportunity. Now, I'm about to, ooh, I tell you what. Uh, y'all, y'all, say, say, say pastor. pastor. Say it like you mean to say pastor. pastor. We really love you. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. I love you too. First, Second Kings chapter 5. I'm going to say this point because this is really, really, I want you to get this. Just because opportunity knocks does not mean the opportunity is for you or that it is time for that opportunity. Now watch this. Second Kings chapter 5. Are you there? Look in verse 26. Let me show you something here. Now, let me explain something. The prophet Elijah uh, healed a man. And when he healed this man, the man wanted to bless him with some gifts. And so, uh, if you look now in verse, where do I want to start? Let me see. Let's look now in, um, look in 17. And Naaman, who's the person that got healed, he had leprosy. It says in verse 17, and Naaman says, Shall there not then, I pray, be given to your servants two mules, a burden of earth? For thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offerings or sacrifice unto God. And then he says in verse uh, Well, go back. Let's look in verse 7. No, I don't want to do that. Let's look at 15. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray you, take a blessing from your servant. And Elijah refused the blessing in verse 16. Then watch what happened now. His, his, his uh, apprentice that was with him, named Gehazi, decided we need to take that blessing. So he went down in verse 21 and says, so Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he came down and he said, what do you do? And then he said, hey, uh, the prophet said, yeah, we'll take what you were going to give us. So, the, so he gave him, watch this, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And then Elijah, look in verse 26. Elijah said unto him, watch this, here's my point. Went not my heart with you? In other words, did not my heart went with you when, I, when you went with this man and I told you not to go? Watch this. When the man turned again from his chariot to meet you, is it time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants? He said, is it time for that? And look what happened in verse 27. Leprosy that that man Naaman was healed healed with, it ended up coming on the servant Gehazi. His whole family lineage ended up being lepers. You know why? Because he took something out of season. Now some people, now now notice he said, he said, is it time? And sometimes opportunity will knock, but it may not be your opportunity. I had a local pastor uh, who's a friend of mine. 
He gave me a call one day, and he and I were both in schools. And he said, hey, Eben, there's this, this church, uh, and uh, they, this church was closing and merging with another church. And this particular church was in Mansfield. It was sitting on 13 acres, and the building was only about, I don't know, maybe 12,000 square feet, which we couldn't do anything with that. But the thing was, this building was right across the street from where he was having a church at school. And he's like, man, I know you got, y'all had the money, and we could have bought that thing. It was only like $1.7 million. We could have got that, but it wasn't mine. I said, that's not my deal. That's your deal, and I'm going to keep my foot in your... But I didn't say a bad word. I said, I'm going to push you every day until you do that deal. They closed on that deal, and God blessed them to close on that property without no money down. But that wasn't my deal. That was his deal. And sometimes if you don't know, opportunity may be knocking, but it may not be time for that opportunity. You might meet the right person for your life, but is your life in order right now for you to be a blessing in that person's life? And if you think that person's not going to be around when you get yourself together, maybe it ain't the right person for you. Now, let me give you some keys to understanding what season you're in and what to do. Go to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 very quickly. Ephesians chapter 5. It is 1115. I'm doing good. Ephesians chapter 5. God wants you to know his will for your life. He's not trying to make you guess. He's not trying to make you wonder. He wants you to know the season in your life. He wants you to know what his will is for your life. Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 17. If you're there, say, I'm there. I want you to read this with me. This is a good verse for everybody to read together. Let's read. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You know what that says? God wants us to understand what his will is for our life. But you know whose responsibility it is to find out what that will is? It's our responsibility. And you know what? God's will is just like a treasure in the ground. You just can't walk by it and see it. You got to dig. You got to knock. You got to ask. You got to believe. You got to search. Because let me tell you something. If it, if it was really easy, everybody would know. Now, he's not trying to hide it from us. But see, here's the thing. There are certain things that we got to shed before we even get to know what his will is. See, you can't have a consistent, you can't have stacked up sin in your life and think God's going to show you what he wants you to do. He's just, and let me tell you what's amazing to me with Christians. We think we, we think we know what God's will is for our life, but then we're reading something that we're not doing. I mean, the way, I mean if I am, uh, let me pick one. Somebody give me a sin. Come on now, we all know sins, right? I didn't say the sin that you're doing. I just said, give me a sin. <laughs> Fornication, that's what you said. Okay, okay. I don't need nothing. I don't need to know nothing else. I just need to stop fornicating. Y'all know what fornicating is, right? Fornification, y'all know what that is? <laughs> that's old school, they called that. Well, how many don't know what fornication is? Let me see your hand. Okay, we got one, kid, two. Fornication is having sex when you're not married. okay. And then adultery is having sex while you're married to somebody else other than your husband or wife. Y'all got that? Okay, y'all look real confused. Any adulterers in the house this morning? I'm just messing with you. <laughs> y'all are so serious this morning. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. 
Go to Proverbs chapter 4. Y'all are so sick. What's wrong with y'all this morning? Everything all right? You think I'm going to just come out and just spot you and just start prophesying on you? Get out of that man's house right now in Jesus' name. Leave that husband alone. You know that man is married. I was just talking to somebody right there, though. I really was. <laughs> Let me see if I can find you. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 4, look at verse 7. Wisdom is the first thing you need to help you understand what season you're in. Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. Watch this. Verse 7 in chapter 4 of Proverbs says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And then with all you're getting, get understanding. He didn't just say get wisdom. He says understand what you need to be wise about. And the first thing you need is wisdom. Now go to Isaiah 33 very quickly. Go to Isaiah 33. You all are doing good. You're learning your Bibles. Isaiah 33. Guess what? Wisdom will bring stability for your lives regardless of what season you're in. Can I tell you a secret? If you made a foolish decision and put you in a bad season, all you are is in a, in a uh, watch this now. If you made a foolish decision and it put you in a bad season, all you are is one decision away from now being in a good season. If a bad decision puts you in a bad season, a good decision will put you in a... Boy, y'all are so smart this morning. Watch this. Isaiah 33, look at verse 6. Ooh, I thought this verse was so good. It says, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. Wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge will stabilize your life. You want your life stable? Make some wise choices. Then you say, Pastor, what is wisdom? I'm glad you asked me. Say that with me. Say, Pastor, what is wisdom? Well, I'm going to tell you. Wisdom means ethical, skillful, and to operate in good sense. In other words, wisdom means ethical. So if it's wrong, it ain't wisdom. Now, You know, the world has double standards. See, God's standards are higher than the world's. And so, even if it's a bad decision in the world, it's a bad decision for God. And so, if it's not ethical, it's wrong and it's not wisdom. It also means, I I looked it up in the dictionary, it means knowledge of what is true or right coupled with just judgment as to act or to have action on. It's knowing what to do and then doing it. And I find that many people know what to do, but they're not doing it. But they want, they want God to bless their socks off. But if you know stuff you're not doing, it, your, your blessings are limited. He'll still bless you. But see, I don't want a trickle-down blessing. I want full blessing. And it comes when we operate in wisdom. Go to Proverbs now, chapter 14. And we're going to be in this one for two more scriptures. Proverbs chapter 14. Verse 8, wisdom will help you know which way to go, but lack of wisdom is the byproduct of foolish decisions. And here's the thing. When you hang around foolish people, you're going to make foolish decisions. Some of y'all got fools for friends. I just said it straight up. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of y'all just got some, they are fools. And you riding right along with the joker. Have you ever got busted for something, stopped by the police, and ended up maybe getting arrested because of who you was riding with? No. Don't raise your hand. Now, we got something in here. I know the front row saying no, but there's some, there's some yeses out there right now. 
He got pulled over, had some weed on him. You didn't know the weed was on him. Police checked the car, because both of y'all had glaze over your eye. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody right now. <laughs> Woo, you're not tired, you high. I am just all up in y'all stuff today, ain't it? No, we got some weed smokers in here. And some of y'all going back. See, I'm talking to somebody, right? I'm talking to somebody. Y'all listen to me. Look at me. Look at me. I am talking. I'm, who am I talking to up in here? Everybody put your hands up. Let me see your fingers. Let me see your fingers. <laughs> Somebody's being tempted to go back. You can't go back. You need to get high on Jesus. Proverbs 14, 28. Okay, I'm going to stop messing with y'all, okay? There's my clock. All right, here we go. Proverbs 14, 28. Oh, 14, 8. All right, thank you very much. It says, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. You want understanding and the way you need to go? Get some wisdom. Well, how do you get wisdom? James chapter 1, you can just write this down as a note. Uh, verse 5, he says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. It didn't say go call your girlfriend. And some of you all who are married, I am just in y'all stuff today. You talking to your single girlfriends about what you ought to do with your husband. You shouldn't even be talking with them. That's why they single. Never talk to a woman who can't keep a man. Don't never get. They ain't giving you wisdom. They want you lonely like them. I am in y'all stuff today. Praise the Lord. I hope somebody buy this CD. <laughs> okay, go to Proverbs 24. We're going to make this one. I got two more and then we'll stop. Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24. See, I believe there are some people in this room that are in the process of making decisions for your life. It may be changing jobs. It may be trying to date somebody. It may be trying to start a business, whatever you are in your life, my thing is, I think what God is saying to you today is, are you using wisdom before you make the decision? Now, Proverbs chapter 24, look in verse 3. Wisdom is designed to help you build or rebuild your life. Proverbs 24, where did I tell you to go? Verse 3. It says, through wisdom is a house building. Now, when we read the word house in the Bible, it's not talking about a physical house. It always refers to a person's life. And it's saying through wisdom, you can build your life. So guess what? If I can build my life with wisdom, I can tear my life down without it. But here's the good news. If you have made poor decisions on a consistent basis and it has messed your life up, all you have to do now is get some wisdom and begin to make one good decision at a time and your life this time next year will be a hundred times better than where it is right now. And I need you to stop sulking and belly aching and crying and saying, Lord, I'm in this mess. I got in this mess. I don't know why I did this and all that. Listen, what you need to do is now just stop and just start making wise choices. Stop cheating on your wife. That's a wise choice. <laughs> Thought I'd stick that one in there real quick. Do you know... God's wisdom can create double for your life. Go to Job real quick. I'm going to stop right here. Y'all okay this morning? Job 
chapter 11. The wisdom of God can create double for your life. Job or job, chapter 11. Some of y'all need a job. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with working. The, man, the Bible said the man don't work, he don't eat. Job 11, verse 5 and 6. Watch this. For you have, I'm, yeah, I'm starting verse 5. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against you, and that he would show you the secrets of wisdom. They are double to that which is. God's wisdom is double than the world's wisdom. And when you make a decision, you're going to make choices the way God wants you to, your life will go up. And I can tell you by, by just experience, when you make decisions the way God wants you to, it'll come out right. How many would like your life to come out right? How many would like to wake up in the morning and have peace in your heart knowing that you're in the right place at the right time in your life? And here's a good thing, even if you messed up, you're just one wise choice away from getting back on the right track. And the good thing about God, he don't just put you back in line or in the back of the line, he'll put you back in line. And I believe today, there are some people in this room, he's wanting you to seek wisdom. And here's the thing, if right now you don't know what to do, you might not need to do nothing. Don't move until you have the wisdom of God. He said, well, pastor, how do I get wisdom? Several ways. Number one, ask. Number two, wait and be patient. Don't date before you ask. Ask, and then you may not even have to date. See, some of y'all, y'all do it backwards. Y'all go out on a date, get tangled all up, and then you asking, Lord, is this the one? Well, you ain't going to hear the Lord. <laughs> and then all you have to do is just ask and then wait. You at work. You know, she looked like she's a nice girl, even though she wear hip huggers. You know, her skirt is like, maybe like right here. <laughs> and, you know, she knows you're a Christian, and she, you know... One Friday night, she said, would you like to go out? Uh, I got this, this hot club. Ah, you're off the list. She didn't even know she was on the list. No, she didn't know. Because you don't have to talk to them first before God can tell you if that's the one. And some of y'all, y'all throw y'all list all out there when you first meet them. You just throw the list out there. What are they going to conform to that list until they get it? Y'all know what get it means? You know why you don't know what get it means? Because he got it. <laughs> Woo. Felt a wave in the spirit on that one. Number three, get wisdom and insight from your spiritual leaders. So that you, if you have a true group leader, talk to them. If you need really wisdom, call the office. Get it from somebody who's not in your situation. Get it to somebody who has, who you have spiritual respect from. Don't let their life be all out of order and you asking them. That's not wisdom. Number four, 
never move without the peace of God. Number five, obey the instructions that you get. If he tells you that ain't the man, then that gummit, it ain't the man. I don't know who in here you are with. You are dating this man, and he is not the one. Now, I love my singles. I love y'all. How many of you here are single? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I love y'all. High five me. Yes. 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 Any over here? Any over here? Yes. 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 I love y'all with the love of the Lord. Can I say this and then I'm going to close down? Because it's 1130 anyway. I did all right, right? Huh. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you know that God wants the best for you, you'll yield to what he wants you to do. I dated one person. And let's see, I got saved in 1985. I got married in 19, what, what were you? Were you 94. In those two, I forget, it's so long. A long time, ain't it? How many years is that? 15 years. 15 years. Diggity dog, 15 years. I dated two people in those 15 years. Because I was not going to waste my money, my mind, and my emotions on somebody I wasn't going to marry. Some of y'all need to go, you need to go and go get back your mind from all those people you've been dating. Give me my mind back. Give me my mind. Give me my mind. Give me, give me my money. Give me my money. It's gone now. Whoops, there it is. That money gone. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Here's the question I believe the Lord has for you this morning. What is the Spirit of God saying to you about this message? The message is no good if you can't apply it to your personal life. What is God saying to you? Father, in Jesus' name. Some of this may have been funny.